The year is the holiday season. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. And I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. Variant cover. Reading Club and Podcast, where we go through Marvel Comics from its origins to today. Today, we're going to round out 2021 in the style that we've been doing for the last couple episodes. We're going to talk about what is new and hot and hip in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hawkeye just finished on Disney+. Plus. It finished this week. We're recording the day after Episode 6, the conclusion, came out. We are going to talk all things MCU Hawkeye on Disney Plus today. Um, and it will be a spoiler-filled conversation. So if you have not seen it and you're worried about spoilers, definitely come back and listen after you have. But we're going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk about, you know, kind of at the end of this, um, what's coming. You can always find the comics that we're reading next. So starting in 2022, we're going to pick up with the Reading Club in earnest again. Uh, we're going to be starting with 1994. So we're going to be starting with the Marvel Comics of 1994. Uh, part one, you can find the reading list for the comics there. You can also, if you want to get the reading list of everything that's coming your way um, as it's updated, as soon as the comics are selected by myself and the MMY team, uh, you can find those going to patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. For as little as $1 a month, you get access to the full master spreadsheet. Okay? Now, I'm Dave, founder, editor-in-chief of comicbookherald.com. I'm joined by the usual suspects, although I will say one of them, one of them, is um, I, I, I was forced into a very difficult decision yesterday. I had to decide, is this what a hero does? Do they arrest their own mother on Christmas? And uh, <laughs> and I decided yes, and it's Zach Dean. Zach, how's it going? <laughs> good, good, good <laughs> son. Uh, but I'm really, uh, really hoping you rethink pressing these charges. What, boy, you really threw me a curveball there. Wait, wait who, who's the mother in this scenario? Yeah, I think I'm the, am I the mother in this story? Well, I'm the big daddy, and I think that makes you my mother. Oh, I get, <laughs> oh. What, he's, I get what he's doing. Okay, uh, I have to, let me see. I have to start acting really, like, stilted and awkward, like, <laughs> uh, listen, uh, let's not talk about that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I'm only doing mm-hmm. what I can to protect you, Dave. Yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it down to a T. Uh, the other individual <laughs> is much cooler, much hipper, um, young, uh, can break into anything, has all sorts of archery skills. Uh, I consider her sort of a surrogate daughter. It's Charlotte Fierro. How's it going, Charlotte? Hi. Uh, I'm doing fine. Uh, I have a I have a dog now. Apparently, that's that's cool. <laughs> I love dogs. <laughs> and and I got I do have to tell you, Charlotte, as cool as you are, please stop feeding that dog pizza. That is horrible <laughs> for dogs. <laughs> Why couldn't I have been swordsman? Come on. I mean, I'm I think French. I feel like I, I should be all... so swordsman. Yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> listen, listen. Improvisation. Ooh. Not my day job. <laughs> Can I have Sometimes you guys? Sometimes the labels get mixed up. Can I have you guys a stake on how to pronounce the name of uh, the swordsman? Yeah, of course. It's Jacques <laughs> Cousteau. That's okay. Uh, I don't remember what was his last name. I mean, I can't say it. Well, yeah, Dave. What, what was his last name? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not a swordsman stand boy. Uh, let's see, swordsman. It was Jack Marvel. Something. 
Well, they called him Jack, but it's Jacques. Oh, you're talking about oh, Jacques Duquesne. Duquesne. It's, oh it's Duquesne. <laughs> no, you Jack have to hit every you have to hit every consonant, Zach. You almost sounded Japanese, Dave. <laughs> yeah, Jack Duquesne. Yeah, that's Jack good Duquesne. enough. Jack Duquesne. Well, I'm not gonna say Duquesne. That's crazy. Where'd you well, get that extra it, A from? You know, I think. Uh, it, you know what? Let Let's start there. Swordsman? No, wait, wait. Before we start that, we have, there's something. No, else no, we... it's really important. We start with swordsman. No, go ahead, go ahead. What topic? There's, should we start with? there's a there's something else. I think the my Marvelous here listeners have been like really antsy to hear about, and I'm finally ready to talk about it. Which is that I finished John Byrne's She Hulk, and I think we should talk about that for a while. Oh my gosh, I've been waiting and waiting. I have not I, uh, heard your opinions quick, on quick She Hulk about John Byrne's She Hulk. He's, good. See, the, the thing here, Charlotte, is he's dead serious. <laughs> I am serious. I do <laughs> no. want to talk about it. There is no irony in this presentation. Yeah. Is it um, too late to bait on this recording and come back next week? <laughs> <laughs> it never is. All right. So, John Burns, She-Hulk. It's pretty good all throughout. If you liked what it started, uh, that, like, meta stuff lasts throughout, mm-hmm. and it gets, like, a little mm-hmm. old. It doesn't innovate as much as it does in those early issues. Um, one of the weirdest things about that series mm-hmm. is how... He chooses the strangest, most boring villains and like stories to tell using that like really light touch and the really like the fun, breezy touch of that character. Like, do you know US One, Dave? US One? Mm-hmm. I know US Agent. I don't know US One. It's a 1983 series based on the US One trucks truck toy line from Tyco Toys. It was 12 sure. issues in 1983 to 1984 with. Uh, I think Al Milgram and Herb Trimpey. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's just about like intergalactic 80s. truckers, <laughs> right? Uh, it's not very good, but it's like a huge part of She-Hulk. Like six or seven issues feature these characters, like almost as many issues as the original series a decade, almost a decade earlier. Like mm-hmm. Ulysses Solomon Archer and Ed Papa Wheelie Wheeler, <laughs> stuff like this. So like he does that, he does Zenmu, he does Scrag the Living Hill, he does... Uh, machismo which is just like a warlord who's kind of a big tough guy um yeah it's very strange i ended up kind of uh feeling middling on it by the end of it mostly because he chooses like really strange unengaging stories to play with so anyway i just wanted to uh i just wanted to fill everyone in on she hulk who uh because i've been talking it up i've been you know i really loved what we read initially and so i sat down and i read the entire run and uh say you know what if you uh, if you were like me and you really like those first handful of issues, you probably can just stick with that, right? The first like six or seven, and you'll get a taste, and it doesn't really add that much reading on. Uh, that's my little review. Oh my god, are you not transitioning that to Hawkeye? <laughs> yeah. No, I <laughs> genuinely just wanted to do a She-Hulk segment. You already talked about She-Hulk last week. I mean, when I did, the but show I comes out, you're going to be insufferable. <laughs> I thought for uh, sure you were gonna you were gonna be like, <laughs> and that brings to mind Hawkeye, a show where they they chose some <laughs> villains that were a little strange and they didn't maximize the potential. No, no, no you're just. You tra- <laughs> I was just reviewing Hawkeye review. or Shield. Oh my goodness, mind yes. blowing, mind boggling. Okay. I can't I believe feel like that. I could have talked about Percy Jackson and find a better transition into Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to transition into Hawkeye. I Clearly. know that's the problem. <laughs> Stop trying to transition me, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Incredible. Right. Take Incredible. it away, Dave. Take it back, right. Hawkeye. Let's <laughs> actually talk about this series. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, so, Hawkeye and Disney Plus. Uh, it came out all six episodes. Um, this is a challenging one for me, I have to say. So it's the final Disney Plus show that's going to air in 2021. Um, this year, it was a really interesting year, right, for Marvel, because we had the TV 
became the go-to for kind of like big universe building stuff, honestly, for some of the most interesting developments of where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going through WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and Loki, right, in, in varying degrees and in their own ways. Then we have Marvel's What If, the animated series, which is kind of, you know, it, it counts, but it's kind of its own thing. And, uh, and now Hawkeye. And Hawkeye is definitely... Hawkeye, to me, is a clear transition, right? It, but Hawkeye combined with Spider-Man No Way Home, to me, it seems like the clear transition of, okay, yeah, the big stuff, that's going back in the movies, okay? And we're going to talk about the multiverse, and we're going to talk about where the MCU is going. That's going in the big-budget films. Hawkeye is a very grounded, very small-scale, very hardcore MCU you know, it's the most MCU-alized <laughs> show they've done. Um, but it's also like, okay, that's what Disney Plus is going to be now. We're going to get grounded origins of Moon Knight, of She-Hulk, of Miss Marvel on down the line. Um, it feels like a big flip in those respects. So uh, that alone doesn't necessarily mean one thing, positive or negative. I think for a lot of fans, they're going to be like, good, I want the grounded street yeah, level stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm way into that idea because, you know, it kind of dispels of, like, origin movies, which are notoriously tough to make yeah. really engaging, right? And, yeah. like, the origin can be on a smaller scale and the expectations are a little lower. And, like, I would much rather have, uh, I, I don't know, like... I guess we haven't had a brand new origin in the shows, right? Everybody has been like just well, this up. this is it. Like that's the thing. Uh, yeah, this I, is I the mean, origin show, and this yeah, becomes now Kate, our template and our model. Yeah. It's yeah. a Kate Bishop origin yeah. show. Yeah, that's true. Um, and because like the the origins we got this year, the Eternals and Shang Chi are uh, good, but I wouldn't say like, and and Yelena below. I mean, really, Black Widow was the Yelena origin story. Yeah, yeah I guess, ways. but you know, like it didn't have to do anything. There, there wasn't a lot of like ground setting for that whole thing because we, we already, already do... have a Black Widow, yeah, yeah, right. It just you know kind of added to that, so that that felt more like a sequel to a movie we didn't actually already have because we had so much Black Widow already. Mm. They didn't have to do anything to establish that character. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I'm, I'm really into that idea. I mean, it's not going to happen for every big, you know, when we get mutants, they're not going to introduce the X Men through a TV show, you know, but they might introduce. <laughs> Quicksilver's introduction in WandaVision says otherwise. Mm, says that was... a million articles online. <laughs> yeah, right. What's that guy's name? Really? Uh, uh, yeah. Ralph but... Boner. Ralph Boner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's favorite character. I love that. What a that. flex. <laughs> what a flex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's start here. Let me start yeah. just very simply. Charlotte, do you like Hawkeye? Where does it fit in the MCU for you, ranking wise? Yes. Overall, I like the show. I think like the yeah the last episodes. Uh, had me the most divided on some stuff I really liked and some stuff I was kind of baffled by. Um, overall, in the MCU TV show of, of this year, it's hard to believe uh, when the Vision came out uh, at the beginning of this year, I think it's in third place, probably. Like, my first tier is Loki and One Vision, and at the bottom is What If, and I think it's yeah. between... It's above Falcon Winter Soldier, but it's still below One Vision uh, in my... My rankings, like I really liked most of it. Uh, I really like Kate Bishop, even though I, I, I'm, I liked um, uh, what's her name, uh, Hayley Steinfeld less than I did uh, Florence Pugh for. Uh, well, yeah, I know that's, that's a high bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean Flor- yeah. Florence Pugh is acting circles around. Yeah, her, I know, but to like, be fair, she she really uh, overshined. I don't know, if that's the word. Outshined. Uh, outshined. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. And overshined. Kate, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and I think it it did a good job making me like 
Clint Barton in the MCU, which I didn't yeah. think was possible. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. At I this agree. point, I agree. Uh, I, yeah. You've been really resistant, and I've been like, I always like Jeremy Renner. You're the uh, biggest yeah. Jeremy Renner stan I know, and I say that honestly, oh, not well, even because I'm the really only one who's seen for... his films here. Yeah, this... yeah. No, you're, you're <laughs> no, very no one else fair. You're very pragmatic. Seen any of his movies. I've so. seen him in Mission Impossible. Yeah, I've seen was Mission Impossible as uh, well. Yeah, he's he's actually very boring in those movies. So. <laughs> he's extremely <laughs> boring. I I do think he's the idea, the wave of Jeremy Renner as a movie star. You know that moment where it was like he's Mission Impossible, he's Born Identity, he's Hawkeye. Like that seems like unfathomable now. <laughs> like that seems really <laughs> strange to me that that ever happened. Um, I just don't think he has movie star charisma necessarily. He he, I mean, the, the thing is, like, I actually think this Hawkeye show honed in what he's good at, which is, uh, like, Being he, like he has to be a little scummy, yeah. or he has to be a little like depressed. Or, like, divorced energy. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah. was watching this being like, I wish they had just divorced him, like, at the beginning of this. <laughs> and not given him this family thing, because I think that would have suited, like, his, his uh, you know, whole energy that he brings to Well, to which movies, the irony which is, there. Know, a little the, manic. The absolute... Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, so, just, you know, like, I just feel like he has this, like, manic depression. <laughs> almost sometimes. You can have, like, kind of an insane energy, but it's... Uh, yeah. It's usually rooted in like a you know, depression or being uh, yeah okay. I've all I've also seen American Hustle, so just want to mm-hmm. say like total cinephile here. Have seen so many of his. Yeah, words. he's very good in that. Yeah, um, like... I would say yeah for sure. I, the irony of what you're describing of what he's good at is that actually sounds a lot more like comics. I know yeah. Hawkeye, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is the Hawkeye that I prefer so mm-hmm. so thoroughly to this ultimatized family-friendly Hawkeye that we have in the MCU, right? The fact that you um, have ultimatized and family-friendly in the same sentence is incredible. But that's the thing, right? It's like <laughs> they don't they don't commit one way or the other, Yeah, you know? Because that's the ultimate Hawkeye I don't like. I don't yeah. like that character, and I don't like that interpretation. That said, it's a take. It's an angle. It's, it's the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Hawkeye who, you know, post-Ultimates by Miller and Hitch is just, uh, like, he's, like, almost Punisher-esque, you know, but with the but with the gracing of the government. Yeah, um, it feels like it, a Mark Miller character, that. but written by Michael by Brian Michael Bendis, I think. Yeah, right, sure. Uh, right, here, he's he's the family-friendly version of that, um, literally and, and just in terms of, like, you know, viewership and audience. I, the irony, Zach, that you're getting at is if you did take away his family or or give him that divorced energy he would feel more like 616 hawkeye which mm-hmm. is definitely one of my bigger criticisms of this series which is just like okay so it is playing off of the Matt Fraction, David Aha, Annie Wu, Hawkeye run. One of my favorite Marvel comics of all time. One of my favorite comics of all time, period. I love that run. I absolutely adore it. Um it's playing off of that but it's doing it in the MCU in such a way where they just can't do the simple things of like yeah Clint just wants to like protect the people in his apartment like it can't actually do the street level simplicity instead it's a it's complicated machinations of uh, yeah when he lost his family during the mcu blip you know from thanos he was ronin and he killed all of these people in the the organized crime and therefore that ran him afoul of big 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 spoiler you know ultimately the kingpins organizations right and that is cool big picture mcu conceptualizing but it is absolutely not grounded simple Hawkeye simplicity, which is such a, which is the appeal of that run that the appeal of that run is this is what Clint does when he's not being an Avenger. And this series is, well, he never stops being an Avenger really. You know, everything he does is Avengers level type stuff. Um, 
sometimes it's not, but often it is. And uh, and that was kind of a hard thing to break, you know, just because, again, like, this show wants to capture the energy and it wants to capture the enthusiasm of that comic. Um, it is asking that of the of me, I think, of fans who have read it. That's not me placing that on the show, right? Like, it is it is taking the iconography, it is using it's it in the credits. Very um, it is pulling in yeah. the tracksuit bros and Lucky, the pizza dog, and, and all these things. Um, and and it wants that, and it can't really even come close to getting there. So that that probably is answering for me, kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm more down on it than I think you are, Charlotte. By the end of it, I'm I'm really mixed. I, it's challenging for me to say. Basically, I'm stuck right now between is this perfectly average or is this actually bad? Um, and I've kind of got it uh, right now. The argument I'm having with myself is. I think I like Falcon and the Winter Soldier more, Whoa. which would make this my least favorite <laughs> of yeah. the MCU on Disney Plus stuff. Um, but I kind of got to, I kind of got to think back to how the whole series played out. Maybe I'll think about that as we're talking, because the conclusion in particular for me played very poorly. Uh, Zach, you haven't said what, where do you kind of net out and where this ranks, and and just your general feelings about it. How did your recording stop, Charlotte? You clicking around the stop button? No, something yourself to. Something playing. fell on my on my um, keyboard and <laughs> just. Stopped. What are you doing? Sit still. <laughs> something. I heard something clap. She's, she's recording yeah, yeah. in a collapsing building. <laughs> There's a lot of debris falling right now. Incredible. <laughs> All right, Zach. So the question to you was, where do you ultimately net yeah. out on Hawkeye's series, and kind of where does it rank in the um, in the grander well, MCU on Disney Plus? Someone on your Twitter, you were talking online about it, and in. Uh, you're, I can't remember. You're talking about people getting like <clears throat> pretty heated about the shows or something. I was. And someone was like, I, I don't know. I can't remember the specifics. But somebody my, my responded. My tweet yesterday to you was, like, was. My tweet yesterday was. Yeah, yeah. Please. The MCU on Disney Plus is event TV, but it's not prestige TV. No matter how hard it wants to be, and that mm-hmm. is a lesson yes. I am, I am working to embrace <laughs> because oh, yeah. I want yeah, that yeah. for it as well. Um, but that was the tweet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, and someone was like, I don't know how you can get uh, get that mad about the Chipotle of TV. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, that's a really good comparison. Like, always tasty, but, you know, ultimately it's not. Here's the, here's the not, thing. Not I fucking love Chipotle. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is, it's, <laughs> which is how I'm feeling about the MCU yeah. overall. It's like it is a, a small, satisfying package that is not leaving me, like, you know, like over the moon. I'm not thrilled. My, you know, like I'm not crazy about this it's not making my best of the year tv lists right but like i'm pretty happy watching all these shows and uh, i'm a little picky about tv so like it's part of part partly that i'm just in on the mcu yeah i'm just watching it but like um no it's fun like i think everything is just like very watchable even when i think it kind of gets stupid uh i'm generally like just enjoying it even if when it when it flubs like even falcon and winter soldier by the end it wasn't like painful to watch no. that show I had big critiques of it, and I had big critiques of Hawkeye at the end, especially. It really, it really flubbed the landing. Um, but I, I would put it a little above Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know if I said this on the show before, but it feels very in tune with what Falcon and Winter Soldier was doing if Falcon and Winter Soldier was not also trying to be, like, quote-unquote serious. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, right. This mm. this is not trying to grasp uh, grapple with, like, serious topics and falling on its face. It has most no... It has yeah. absolutely no message. No. I mean, I mean you it's know. more it's more of a buddy comedy than fucking mm-hmm. Soldier was, even though yeah. that show was sold on that premise more, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think so, it like, does a better job at being that. Overall, I think it, it's pretty fine. It's got some mixed performances. I'm, I'm a little down on 
Haley Steinfeld is uh, <laughs> your Kate. Let's 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 hit this harder because your positive yeah. Jeremy Renner take and your negative Haley Steinfeld <laughs> is the exact opposite of. I, you're the only person I've, I've seen say anything like that. Really, I, um, I've seen I've seen it around a little bit. I've seen most people have been pretty positive. Zach, those are those are mirrors you keep around your house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll say I'm I'm a little more negative than I see most people being on Haley Steinfeld, but like I think most people are. I, I've seen generally like, oh yeah, Jeremy Renner's doing okay here. Like, yeah. uh, unless people already walked in deciding that they hate Jeremy Renner and they're just like, this is going to be awful. I hate this guy. I wish he would wasn't on the show. And then they just you know, well, and that's to my criticism on the show. My criticism earlier, which is more about the MCU's interpretation of Hawkeye, that has very little to do with how Jeremy Renner's playing it. Frankly, mm-hmm. um, the yeah. actual performance, you know, it's just kind of decisions made about the character. That's not really his thing. Um, yeah. I quite like Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Uh, I, I think the introduction of Kate Bishop here in Hawkeye is really successful. I think there was a lot of hand-wringing early about, like, oh, she's, a, like, a Hawkeye fangirl, and, like, that sounds awful, you know, because there was some stuff in the press about, like, that's that's how this character is going to portray. And I didn't think that was mm-hmm. overly heavy-handed. You know, she was literally inspired by a Hawkeye, having seen him in the Battle of New York. Okay, sure, that's some self-referential Avengers stuff that works. Um, it explains and kind of defines her career path like why a young woman would be super into archery in the first place um there are elements that i don't like um which we can get into but in general i really like her as kate bishop i'm excited to see more of her as that character in the mcu going forward like i think that mm-hmm. is net a win for marvel to have Haley steinfeld as kate bishop i, um, I can see with like better direction you know i'm not even blaming it on her necessarily because i've seen her in other stuff where she's excellent you know and and like the thing is she's she's playing a kind of a twitchy, nervous character here. And it comes across as, like, the performance being, like, a little sweaty and a little twitchy to me. Hmm. Not the character. But I've seen her in, like, Edge of Seventeen do a very, like, anxious, uncomfortable, uh, like, neurotic character well. Like, that she's projecting that this is the character, but she's, like, in control of the performance. So, I don't know. Um, I let, let's, let's get to something positive. Uh, is Maya Lopez? Is Echo? What's, what's the... Um, I remember the actress. I'll look it up. Uh, I'll look that up in a second, but the woman playing Maya Lopez, excellent, really good, and she's the one that I'm really excited for uh, moving forward. Alakwa, Alac- uh, oh boy, I should have looked up how to pronounce that. Alakwa Cox. Cox, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not positive on the pronunciation. Apologies, but um, yeah, really liked her and like walked in on this just like you, Charlotte, being like they announced an Echo show like without even yeah. a star. That's so strange with someone who has never acted before like a first-time actress and uh walked out being like i'm really excited to see more of her because i think she like she killed it and everything she was in uh, yeah the intro was- the intro of echo is is definitely a plus here um so we have a a deaf character who was basically raised by her uncle who we learned by the end of this to be the kingpin so she's you know raised into organized crime um she has the ability to read lips and also kind of people's movements you know it's a very taskmaster-esque sort of skill set um yeah. but oh, she's a, yeah, that's you right. know, I, a, a I very advanced fighter right and she yeah. can hold her own with with an avenger here you know jeremy renner pretty easily um at many times you know indicating like she's probably even the superior fighter you know other things have to happen to kind of distract her uh charlotte do you feel differently about the an upcoming echo series given the character's role here in hawkeye or are you still pretty on the fence about it uh yeah, I mean I think it's also going to be an Echo versus Kingpin series. Like 
they, they'll probably heavily lean into Ooh. like Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin in it. I, I think you missed that uh, she killed Kingpin at the end of this. <laughs> and he's definitely dead. Listen, Charlotte, she pointed a gun at him. We okay. pulled away. The gun we- fired. That's what happens when you fire a gun at someone that close up. He's definitely dead. So, so, so I, you're joking, but brought... for like, but for 20 seconds, I was furious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> ridiculous. I was just like, I was, I was furious that they thought we were so stupid that they would like that they thought this would land. They were like, yeah, we're gonna bring Vincent D'Onofrio like, back. I was for annoyed one episode and then kill him off. How how little he has to do in it? Like he had barely anything to do in the episode. They just brought him back to say, yeah, Kingpin's in the MCU now, and he'll be in. I mean, and you know he's going to be an Echo. We're like. Yeah, that was a very underwhelming presence of Kingpin, I think, in, in Hawkeye. It I actually, like, but it no, really I, I detracted from my enjoyment of Hawkeye. I have That's to say, crazy. he it was really good detracted. through the whole episode. No, I'm just saying like, he wasn't good, but like he he had nothing to do. <laughs> like, no, I, I'm I, with Charlotte I on this. I, I'm 100 okay. with Charlotte. All right, Zach, tell us. Let's start with you then, because you got the positive. What What did you like about Vincey coming in? Oh, I just, Kingpin? I mean, I like his performance. I like the the threat he brings. Uh, you know, I I liked. Just his physicality, like I, I liked him as kind of the building up as the big bad here, more or less. Yeah, and uh, and I think he worked, uh, just you know, selling. I just think it's stupid that they were like, and now he's dead. This is definitely the end of this guy. We'll never I was, see him again. I was so mad for twenty seconds. I was so mad. <laughs> and then I was like, "You're kidding me! You us. brought him back just to wipe." Because because here's the thing: Do you here's also the... get mad when someone like puts their hands over your face. And it, their face and you're like oh my what, god and they disappear gone. on they me that's me. so rude but i think <laughs> part of it is so like rude. the so far i think overall the mcu has done better about like not uh, doing fake out of uh, character death i think uh-huh. they did that a few oh, times in phases yeah. one and two but it's been a while since they they've done that so i i guess i expect better from them like it's if it was in the lazy, comics yeah. i'd be like yeah of course he'd be, he'd be back in the movies in the mcu i have a like yeah i i expect better i guess I mean, it would be like, you know, bringing back Charlie Cox for, you know, four scenes and then he dies for no reason. It's like, why did you even... Did you not see him was... in the wreckage of the Goblin's Pumpkin Bomb? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> just like the ultimate... <laughs> just like Ultimate Comics or Ultimatum or whatever. Yes. No, um, right, right. Very Ultimatum yeah. vibes. Uh, no, I was I was really mad for 20 seconds. I think I think the real... So, like, okay, Kingpin's coming back. Like, he'll, he'll still be in the MCU. We didn't introduce him just to get rid of him. That would be completely insane. I mean, here's the thing. The MCU does have a history of totally wasting villains. Like, this is a... I keep a running award ceremony on every movie I review of mm-hmm. the Bad Villain Award Show because they always, always, every year, have a villain that they toss out there and either yeah. unceremoniously kill or basically do nothing with. Um, sure. So it is not entirely out of character that they would be like, hey, can we get Vincent back for one episode and actually kill him? It is not impossible, all right? I don't think that's what's happening here. That's not how these stories tend to work. Um, no, I, I think, insane. like, I'm expecting this to me more like a, a low-key, like, uh, he can come back for a few movies down the line and and uh, tease some bigger stuff. Uh, like, I, I think he'll probably have to do with, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, the, the Contessa character, stuff like that. Okay. Um, down the line. Sure. La Contegra, yeah. La Contessa. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. So, like, for me, the pr- the challenge I have with the Kingpin here is I I like I actually liked conceptually building up to like okay yeah like Clint as Ronan was murdering organized crime during his time in the blip okay 
um, that would make a lot of people in organized crime angry. If you're going to do a story like that, well, who's that all going to ladder up to? It's the kingpin. Like, who's the, you know, like there's certain characters you can do. You could do Silvermane. You could do Tombstone, right? You have these certain figures of mafiosos and, and you know, organized crime leaders. But the biggest one, obviously, is the kingpin. Um, so conceptually, actually doing that it is pretty cool. Uh, I, I think the bigger problems that I have with that here are it doesn't really leave enough time to do that story, I don't think. Um, it feels a bit rushed by the end because it's trying to be it's trying to be the the Kate Clint origin, the fraction Aha Hawkeye until it's not, and then it's really trying to rush into a we gotta we gotta deal with the Kingpin story. And mm-hmm. I just think when you're when you're gonna make such a big point out of like, hey, we're bringing someone you know back, and we talked about this in Spider-Man No Way Home, right? On kind of, and I wrote a, a bunch about it on Comic Book Herald, where it's like the value of nostalgic reference points, you know, and kind of, you know, I think what all of our takeaway was is like, yeah, if it's integrated into a story where it makes sense, that can be great, that can be a lot of fun. Um, and here it just felt so heavily like just kind of being just that fan service, just that element of really? like, that's so, that's hey, we're bringing in Vincent as the kingpin just to show you not get that, at all. that we can do this. And that's that's going to be because here's the thing is like two of the four MCU Netflix shows. The thing that I was kind of the most excited about, and this is on me, too. Right. This says this says plenty about me as a fan and as a viewer um, was like character drops. You know, it's the moment when we see the uncle's hand on Maya, and I was like, oh, holy, holy crap, they're doing Kingpin. And it was when Kang shows up in Loki. Like, those moments absolutely captivate me. But And, and again, like, that says plenty about me. Like, I am susceptible to that. I am here for that when it's done well. I love Jonathan Majors showing up in Loki. I thought that ruled. Um, with Kingpin, I was less convinced. It also, it also kind of just made me think, like, he was so good in Daredevil, and this yeah. show does not have Daredevil vibes. Now, Zach, I know you're not a Daredevil fan. I am. I like those shows a lot. And him showing up here and kind of just not fitting to me. It, it actually felt like, oh, you took, you copied and pasted someone from a different show with a different tone. And that feels like that. Um, yeah, because here he, he's just the leader of the tracksuit mafia. Yeah. Th- that, that's all we know about him here. Like, divorced from Daredevil and from what you can know about Kingpin from Marvel. Like, here he, he's just a guy in a, in a weird suit who leads a... a a group of Russian weirdos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, he's like, you know, he claims ownership of the city, but it's like we haven't seen any of that. Yeah. Um, we don't really know what that means. I mean, there are certain things I well, like. Yeah, but, like, that stuff you can just infer, right? Like, I, I feel like the, the episode but, is so But you can't. Anyway. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you cannot. We have no idea. We have zero idea what street-level crime or street level interactions are like in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I actually well, think that needs to be we've been seeing it a built. little bit. For, I mean, there, there's a, it's so strange. I, there's so much that's like really bad about this last episode and really silly. Um, and Kingpin was just not one of my complaints. Like I thought his performance was good. I thought it had built up to him. I thought when he showed up, it like was appropriately weighty. Haha. Um, and like his outfits ruled. Just want to point out that I love the like. Yeah, shouts uh, to like, Gabrielle Del Otto's uh, Amazing Spider-Man Family Business graphic novel outfit that they lifted wholesale. Really? Okay, because like here. very, very Jimmy Buffett, like, <laughs> like Jimmy Buffett, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, from it, the Mark Wade the... and Gabriel Delato graphic novel, Amazing Spider-Man okay. Family Business. All right, I, re- mm-hmm. I really liked his album. Um, yeah, no, it, it worked for me as a stab. Like, oh, Kingpin's back. I'm excited to see him more. He works in this specific story as the threat here, like woven in with Maya specifically. Um, I don't know. I, I, I dug it, all that. I'm... Narratively, I think that piece of it makes sense. I don't know. There's just a certain like, there, there's a certain MCUification to it where it's like, oh, he's got the cane. Oh, he's wearing white. Oh, he's wearing this outfit exactly from a graphic novel where it's all just like, it just feels too much to me, them pointing and being like, hey, you want Kingpin? We got him. Whereas Netflix Daredevil was like, yeah, he's going to wear black (laughs) and you're not going to see him for a long time. He's just going to be this menacing figure in the background. And no, he's never going to carry a cane and be kind of goofball supervillain. And you can just feel that transition. And I don't know, I guess I wasn't prepared for I will it, say I him just getting hit by a car moving like 50 miles an hour and shrugging it off <laughs> was very stupid and I'm like he's not a superhuman I did but really he, actually but I did like him shot and shot. like seemed like more of a superhuman than he did in Daredevil because in Daredevil he oh, for sure. he seems like a, a strong guy but he seems like just a guy in Hawkeye like I think they did a good job making him more of a yeah of, of a super menace of a i mean i like i like the arrow thing it was funny because i complained yeah. to rose while we were watching about the the car thing and i was like oh, that was stupid and she's like he just got shot by an arrow and i was like yeah but that was cool <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that worked for me the arrow thing worked because i was like yeah he's just got a lot of muscle and fat there it would be fine he can deal with that but he can't get hit by a car that's stupid <laughs> so uh yeah i don't, I don't know it, his, his stuff mostly worked for me except for the way that they pretended to make it seem like it's going to be i guess uh, i guess ultimately the thing i yeah i think ultimately we agree on like yeah i'm like it's pretty cool <laughs> to have the kingpin be a part of the story as a marvel fan i like that i love vincent d'onofrio's performance so i'm not complaining like i love having letting him continue to be the kingpin great same with charlie cox's Daredevil. that totally works for me um i think it's more just like i don't love a kingpin cameo i suppose it's sort of i sort of want that character to to get their due because we've seen how good that can be. Which I, I feel like we'll get, you know? I mean, I, I think. But we didn't get it here, and it's that thing that everyone complains about where it's like, oh, it's all just setting up. It's all just building to the next thing. And it's like taking Hawkeye's a six-episode installation of its own, on its own merits, you know? Uh, I, I don't think it delivers yeah. on that. I feel on like the it would have worked better if we had mm-hmm. gotten the reveal of Kingpin at, like, episode three and that had more of the time to build him up as an actual yeah, menace. I could see that. Or, yeah. or purely as a tease by the end of it, yeah. right? Purely as a tease where it's just like, oh, he's coming and he's going to be an echo. Because um, now I think like they, ha- they had to take time they didn't have in the last episode to focus on him at the de- to the detriment of Echo, I think, because her story by the end felt pretty rushed. Uh-huh. Right. They run out of time. Um, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like by episode four, they're trying to do... <laughs> they're still trying to keep the show titled Hawkeye, but they're also trying to do Black Widow's Revenge coming out of the credits of uh, Black Widow from this year with, with Yelena Belova's character, and they're trying to do something with Echo to set mm-hmm. her character up. Echo definitely gets the short shrift on that yeah. on that scale, right? Um, which, again, ironically, is like, well, that's the next show. <laughs> Florence doesn't have a show. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think they kind of... Too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, maybe. Um, I, I, I want to say, because I'm being critical and a little grumpy about it stuff i liked <laughs> i love trick arrows i love trick arrows yeah. uh, i yeah, thought the use trick arrows was super fun like i'm complaining i i've been i haven't even gotten to my complaints about the last episode but like <laughs> overall this show generally just worked for me and was a lot of fun uh it is, enter- like, it is pretty liked- entertaining and it is pretty harmlessly enjoyable throughout i thought like, stuff- like every episode had like 
I, I'll say, okay, let, let, let's, I want to kind of just talk broad stuff. Stuff that really worked, the trick mm-hmm. arrow stuff, the actual archery, all the <clears throat> action scenes with the archery stuff was a lot of fun. Pin, right? pin like, arrows? Pin arrows? Yeah. Huge oh, fan. Yeah. Huge fan of that pin was, arrows. That was really fun. That stuff was really good. You know, like... Well, they, uh, they really just killed those two guys, right? Like, the, the little guys? Yeah, it, <laughs> okay, that owl the for funniest... sure ate them. Or are you talking about the one big one? F- <laughs> I know. I was thinking about how horrifying that was. It was like, I'm yeah. sure it just plucked them out of the van and then just devoured them. Like, yeah. yeah. What, what a way to go. Yeah. Well, okay. Also, they just killed a lot of men <laughs> in that final yeah. scene. And I love it. It was just like famously, you know, uh, famously deserted Rockefeller Center. You know, definitely not. Well, there were, there were gunshots. With- you know, so people yeah. run. I mean, that. Yeah, that no, I, no, I'm talking about the police. I'm talking about like it is. It is a incredibly visited policed area of New York City because it is so like touristy. The absence there, of NYPD. authorities as a clown car full of tracksuits pours out. Yeah, L- yeah, literally like hundred of <laughs> people in, uh, in mean, tracksuits with guns running. They around saw there. an Avenger. They were like, he he'll take care of it. That's a- and then <laughs> it's super. The, I mean, stuff. the funniest part is like explosions, gunfire everywhere. Buildings are literally like. Parts of buildings are collapsing in. There definitely are bodies everywhere because they're just shooting these men with arrows and with explosions. And, like, he froze that man's leg. Like, they're definitely killing all these guys. And then <laughs> for the the final scene of Kate Bishop and her mom, the police roll up and are like, you're, uh, we apparently did some uh, investigation off, off screen. Uh, you're <laughs> under arrest for a murder that happened four days ago. <laughs> Like, we're ignoring the rest of the chaos ensuing all around us, but uh, we decided right now is the time to slap the handcuffs on a wealthy woman for uh, murdering someone days ago. That line that that she had definitely ranks Uh up there for me as some of the corniest and most unintentionally funny (laughs) of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's up there with Black Widow's villain saying out loud, the one natural resource the world has too much of. Girls. Girls. <laughs> uh, it's right up there for me. Kate's mother, who is an abysmal, abysmal Terror. character. So Terror. there is I mean, no, just like, I don't think I've been as critical of the writing of a character as Kate's mother, Eleanor Bishop. It's, it's part, um, I mean, the writing I is bad, when. but Vera Farmiga is not doing a good job with what she's got. Like, I, I mean, I think she's a weird actress anyway. Like, she, she needs weird roles. I, I don't think she works. As a normal human, she works when, like, <laughs> uh, l- like she's Norman Bates' mother in Bates Motel. Good casting, right? Like, someone who, like, sh- when she's looking at another actor, it looks like she's just kind of staring through them into space. Like, she never looks like she's actually making eye contact. Like, there's just something... You know, a you know, a like, bigger red flag for me than, than the performance, though, is, okay, your daughter apartment gets blown up. <laughs> it's blown up and set on fire. And you ask her what happened. She says nothing, and then you move on. <laughs> she does, like, constant, I mean, the writing between the two of them was horrible, horrible. Yeah. Like, it would constantly be, like, I mean, Kate, It was. it's one of the reasons Kate didn't, like, connect with me for a while is because everything to do with her mother was insane, because I'm like, Jack, right here, is sweet and charming, and she's yeah. acting like a lunatic, like, yeah. literally trying to stab him, <laughs> but then her mother is just like, Kate, can we change the subject? Like, uh-huh. When Kate's like, I think he's into a criminal element. She's like, let's talk about that later. Uh, like, and then they do. And then they move on from that conversation. It's nuts. Like, all that writing was horrifying and the acting was pretty bad. And, okay, that I want to talk about Jack real quick. Um, charming, charming, sweet Paul F. Tompkins. Wait, no, oh that's, not, that's not the oh. actor. <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of look like him. I never thought yeah. of that. Uh, I don't I actually don't know what that actor is. Tony um, Dalton. Tony Dalton, yeah. 
re- really good. Really, really good. I loved every... He got the biggest laughs from me yeah, throughout the entire fun. thing. He, like, his line when he uh, turned to Kate... or he, he was, like, explaining to Kate's mom why Kate was rebelling. And it was, like, very clinical. And, like, she's testing authority because she doesn't know the waters because she's unsure, blah, blah. And then he turns and smiles and he's like, I bought a book on being a stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. And then yeah. there's, like, a background line from him when uh, when Kate... Clint Barton comes over to the house and meets everybody. And uh, and then uh, a- afterwards, he's like, she's taking me and her hero really well. If I met Huey Lewis, I'd be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, so funny. Yeah, I-, I loved his performance. And like episode three or something, Rose was like, oh, he's not the bad guy. It's the mom. Clearly, that's like what this is yeah. setting up. It's really obvious. And I didn't realize that Rose is better at spotting that than I am. But as soon as I realized that, I was like so relieved because I was like, oh, thank God. We'll get more Jack because he's not going to be, you know, arrested and carted off at the end here because he's so good. I don't want him to be the bad guy. I yeah, like that inversion a heck of a lot. A mm-hmm. heck of a lot. That it wasn't and the Swordsman obvious. isn't always bad. He, he's kind of a on and I mean, off an villain here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he was a villain for a while. but then yeah. he Sometimes a he's a tree. <laughs> I, Sometimes, Sometimes he's a tree. I mean, the, it is very funny Sorry. that walking out of the show... The two, <laughs> the two people. Did you did you just do a cuss, Dave? Do I have yeah. to edit that? No, I did. <laughs> okay. Uh, Cussing. The the two people that I'm uh, most excited to see walking out of the show are the swordsman and Echo. Right? Like, never would have guessed yeah. that walking in. But th- those are clear, like by a mile, the two that I'm excited. That's about interesting, seeing. Charlotte. Who are the two people you're most excited to see again out of Hawkeye? I mean, yeah, I, I love Echo and Sosman. I do have to say I love the chemistry between Kate and Yelena. Like, I, yeah. I, I'd like to yeah, see yeah. that duo again, whether it's in a Young Avengers thing or, or something else. Uh, but, like, yeah, as solo characters, uh, yeah, Swordsman and you Echo just, were very, very You were just very want them fun. to kiss. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I get it. I get it, but... <laughs> you're saying, uh, that, you're saying yeah. that like it's not... What everyone wants. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, it's like, it's I not don't not uh, I think have Elena a crush on both of them, but uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Elena and, and Kate are probably the. I, I liked Echo a lot. Um, I am, yeah. I am definitely skeptical of of Echo. I just don't think Hawkeye did enough work to sort of clarify the purpose of a of a follow up series. Um, I mean, oh I, yeah, I have no idea character wise what they're gonna do, but just the actress yeah. was engaging enough that I'm like now interested at least because of seeing how she could carry herself so yeah yeah i mean the impossible outfit at the end got laugh out of me like that's (laughs) that's her new outfit really she just she just untied her hair and put on black lipstick and that's (laughs) yeah yeah right no she's a totally different character i don't know i was so distracted by how they wasted the kingpin (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's let's actually talk about the hawkeye's parts of this yeah. because you know again it's, it is that thing of like all right we're talking about a hawkeye six issues uh six episode series um and all i want to talk about is the kingpin and echo and all these other things you know what i mean so like yeah i as a as a hawk let's talk let's talk clint hawkeye first as a clint hawkeye show does that what does this do for jeremy renner i mean charlotte at the start of this you said you actually like jeremy's clint a little more after yeah. the series um i kind of didn't I, it didn't really sway me one way or the other what, what do you think made you like it more uh, I mean, yeah, he has more to, like, he gets more of a personality and, like, his relationship <laughs> with Kate makes uh, him uh, a more interesting character, like I think. Kate makes him better, for sure. Yeah, definitely. But, like, 
Yeah, I'm. I'm also by the end fine with him retiring and give him the giving the Hawkeye uh, mantle to Kate, which I don't know if, if if that's what they're going to do. Like I felt like it gave him a redemption, and now I'm fine with like yeah, I liked Clint, but I'm I'm fine with him going away and uh, Kate being the new main Hawkeye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, have I mean, t- I have two thoughts on that that I want to throw uh, yeah, up quickly. Yeah. Number one, I really love. I really love in the comics. Kate just calls herself Hawkeye. <laughs> She's just yeah. like, I am also Hawkeye. I really in the hated comics, you mean? in the comics. Yeah, I really hated here how it's Clint's idea. That's actually uh, a big well, shift. I, I don't. I, I don't really actually like that. I, I. I mean, I don't have the. I, I've read the comics, but they're not like embedded in my uh, personality like they are you. <laughs> so like that doesn't stand out to me. The the difference. I did hate though. They are my personality, Zach. They I, no, I know. I know. The uh, I I did hate though at the end that they didn't just do it. That they like winked at it and they were like Jeremy, being, Jeremy, uh, Clint being like, yeah, I have an idea, and then it cuts to black. Yeah, because I was like, right. that's such a fun little thing for them to be like. Do you want to go inside, Hawkeye? Sure, Hawkeye. Right, like. Well, and they also had the moment where they're you know they're doing the Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and that's that's the moment in every comic series where they say, "You ready, Hawkeye? Yep, Hawkeye." And you know they do mm-hmm. that. They had that moment. They just didn't say it. Clint just says, "Let's go kick some ass," <laughs> or whatever. Which is, which is lame because like. The uh the the really like one of the big like big complaints, but this is just like the MC in general, uh especially the TV shows, is that it kind of just does the gesturing towards emotional beats without actually saying anything. Like it has the texture of being a moment of emotion, but there's actually no substance if you think about it for two seconds. So like episode six starts out with Clint being like, "No, we're gonna fight them together, partner," and I was like, "Wait, where did that come from?" Like between well, the series has be... been building. I mean, that's that's a big focus of the series to that point. I think. Except that, like, that change just happens off screen between episodes, right? Like, we didn't even we didn't I get mean, to see. I think saw a scary text part message. of it was he thought he could keep her away by like dealing with it himself, but now he realizes that because her mom is uh, her mom is implicated, like she she can't be divorced from it. Like he she's. Yeah. Uh, She's mm. into you, you get, this is this is like you you are inserting stuff that is not there to like I know, rationalize maybe, yeah. it. I mean, <laughs> well, it, that, I mean, like it's the difference I don't think between wrong, and, 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 no no spoiler here, but like at the end of No Way Home, like the choice that Peter Parker makes at the very end doesn't get explained, right? Like we're not left with an explanation for clearly why he does it. There's there's no, no nothing out loud, mm-hmm. but it thematically like tracks and follow the entire arc of the character that makes sense overall this was like when he said that i was like okay well that is not you know this is one of those things where it's the end of the series of course they have to be partners but they didn't actually build to this and they didn't have a moment of emotional closure on this see there there i disagree because at the end of five you know kate shows up and saves him again and i think she's she's continuing to prove herself in such a way where then when they reconnect you know when they're when they're reconnecting over orange juice and they get the scary text message from yelena I think I think he's already now leaning to like I can't I can't divorce myself from this from this person. She's always going to be there, and she's doing a good job. So let's just embrace it. So I actually don't have a problem with that particular moment, mm, uh, yeah. and their and their kind of build of their partnership. I think that kind of works. Um, it's also just like it is the inevitability of well, where no, the it, is I going. mean, of course it's inevitable. It's just you know, like do do they actually build to it, or do they just say like. Yeah, it's here, and you're going to accept it because it's the obvious thing that's in. Yeah. Right, which yeah. is a, a lot of what the MCU does. It lands on the final emotional beats, and it's like, of course Spider-Man's going to, you know, get his suit at the end of the first movie. And it's like, wait, so what actually changed here? It, it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. 
You know, yeah, like sure. this is this is the the moment of emotional closure, uh, and and it has all the the music is swelling and you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the second thing that. I wanted to say about Kate, yeah, in, in getting in addition to getting her code name, which bugged me, was um what Charlotte just said there was Clint retiring. It was not something I had considered. I figured, okay, well, I've, they'll each go on as Hawkeye here. Um, but Clint retiring makes the most sense for this character by miles, by miles and miles and miles, right? That he could mm-hmm. actually sit and stay with his family now, which again, like he's resolved the Ronin thing. Like what other lingering threads are out there where he should continue to want to be Hawkeye? Um, this character should retire. I don't know if the MCU is going to do that, but now that you said it out loud, I'm like, good grief, yes. Like, yeah, we'll transition him gone. like eventually into, you know, like be a you know a Nick Fury esque role, right? Like the elder statesman <laughs> Avenger. <laughs> He'd be so bad as Nick Fury. <laughs> uh, maybe that's. I mean, you know, I just kind of mean like uh, someone at the head of a, a team rather than a soldier. Right? You know, and I guess that is kind of a Hawkeye thing, yeah. right? He leaves. Yeah, the West, he talks West Coast about Avengers like doing West Coast Avenger or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, something. You like know that that, like. that would not be like having Clint as the not especially active. You know, sort of see the kind of the guy in the chair. The, lead, yeah, the mentor exactly. of a West Coast Avengers starring the Elena and a Kate. That, that sort of especially thing if it's think. a bunch of young ones, right? Who like if it can really play into his just like being because his exhaustion was like one of the best parts of this. You could just tell he's just ex- like when he's dealing with the Larpers, right? And like that, yeah, that's yeah. the level he works really well on is just being kind of like old and tired. <laughs> so like I, I think he can be kind of charming through that. Um, so like, yes. I, I think that'd actually be be a fun a fun angle for him. Um, yeah, what what else is there here? Uh, well, we definitely just I... we definitely just theorized the perfect way to do West Coast Avengers, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, excited for the show we just soon. Uh, willed into being. Yeah, yeah. Did uh did either of you have any sort of reaction to the fact that Clint's wife is Agent Nineteen, aka Mockingbird? I mean, <laughs> I love love Linda Cardinelli, and like I would love I would love it if she had a a more major role because like also what one of the most wasted. <laughs> characters and like actors the, in the MCU. The literal she, she, coolest wife in the world. So cool with everything. Cool <laughs> Never wife, has cool, a complaint. <laughs> cool wife, but also like you know, re- really good actress in this role. Um, and like playing a good, you know, she's kind of charming. Even she doesn't have a lot to playing. do. Yeah, she doesn't have a lot to do. I would love it if she got something more to do. But it definitely felt this felt like a wink to me, not like a setup. I don't know. I could I could be wrong, but it definitely yeah, felt like it, this felt the most like and they don't do that very often they don't like the mcu doesn't do the like ah mm. you know who this is it doesn't actually matter and it's not gonna do anything but like you know who this is charlotte so, um, does this yeah. officially confirm the existence of agents of shield i mean in the MCU? oh i heard Put that. the hammer I down i felt like it was only here to decanonize agents of shield a little more yeah it <laughs> de- right yeah yeah, yeah it undoes because like they on- already have mockingbird which i don't think they ever call her mockingbird or agent 19 so maybe you can like have it both ways but uh yeah so just i call her Bobby, don't maybe. know if yeah. they i don't know if they're doing because i don't see where they would do anything with it i don't think there'll be a season two so maybe if they ever do a west coast avengers thing she'll be doing something like that but uh yeah i don't know it's not inconceivable that there could be a Hawkeye season two, um, as with Kate as the focus. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like as kind of relatively unexcited as I am about that. I mean, we're just not we're just not at a get together West Coast Avengers stage yet. Um, we're mm-hmm. really not at a Young Avengers stage yet. I mean, you could rush it, but I think there's kind of a lot of groundwork that has to be laid there. So a Hawkeye season two might make more sense in the meantime. Um, but hmm. I'm not. 
I'm not. I guess if it was just Kate, you know, um, I don't know. I'm not dying for it. How, how would both of you feel if they announced like, yeah, you know, 2023 Hawkeye season two or whatever? Would you be excited? You'd be just kind of whatever. I'm the internet's number one most notorious Haley Steinfeld hater, so uh, not a, not that excited. <laughs> Downvote from you, yeah. I mean, you'd, honestly, a, a director because there were there were some good performances in this show, but there were also like a handful of bad ones that make me think that like the director was a little at at, at, at fault for some of the bad performances. This definitely um, felt the most cookie cutter to me yeah. of all the shows. Yeah. Um, actually, excuse me. I actually want to talk about this in terms of. So I, th- I think you're right in comparing it to Falcon Winter Soldier. It's definitely the most similar. You know, we're dealing with an actual Avenger, right? We're dealing with someone who's actually spent time with that franchise. Both WandaVision and Loki get to be a little bit weird. They get to be a little bit strange and are way more visually and stylistically interesting, I think, as a result. I think Falcon and Winter Soldier, you know, it's it's a messy show. And there's, there's a lot that is messy about it. But it does try. <laughs> it does have a—it has a fingerprint a directorial and a writing fingerprint of stuff it's trying to do. You know, all the stuff with Carl Lundy's character um, as Isaiah Bradley, I think, is hmm. pretty good. Uh, at Sometimes, it, yeah, totally, sometimes good. it totally misfires, but that character in particular is like, that's doing stuff that is interesting and has purpose and has mm-hmm. message. And I think the absence of any of that in Hawkeye, where it's just that pure, you know, like you said at the front, Charlotte, like it's just pure buddy comedy. Um, yeah. in the way that I think a lot of fans, frankly, would have enjoyed with Sam and Bucky, but didn't get. Um, I think that actually makes it less of a success to me because it doesn't, it's not like it does that so well. It's not like, oh yeah, second coming of Shane Black here, you know, with with uh, with Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. Like, it just, it doesn't, there are times where it captures that energy and there are times where it totally misses it. And then you factor in the fact that it has nothing to say about anything and I'm kind of like, this is just the the most disposable of these by far. Um, it kind of makes me value Falcon Winter Soldier more, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's so funny. <clears throat> yeah. You know you know what saves these shows for me? Because, like, I, I was thinking about this watching this. That, like, because I'm picky. Like I said, I'm picky about TV. I don't watch a ton of TV that's not, like, very top-tier stuff. Because I just, like, it takes so much time. And I'm, I'm more of, like, a movie guy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's It's that they're all really short. They're all six or nine episodes long. If these were 12 episodes, if these were 15 episodes and they were just stretched out over that, yeah. like I would, I would be so much more down on this, but like six episodes of this was perfect. Yeah. Uh, any longer. And I would be like, Oh, okay. I'm just like, I don't, I don't feel like coming back week to week. <laughs> if this was 12 episodes, um, it would be, just, you know, what if lost my interest? If what if was only six episodes, I still wouldn't have liked it, but I would have seen the whole series. Uh, they do. They do seem but to have a good sense of knowing how much story they have to tell, or at least what mm-hmm. the limits of attention should be. Yeah, I mean, um, they look at the Netflix things. thing and see like, oh, everybody thinks that Netflix shows are three to six episodes too long. Yeah, like every season of those, their yeah, shows yeah. always feel. I mean, Daredevil. You know, like because I'm a little down on Daredevil, but it's not like it's not a bad show. Like I don't. Th- I think it's just very overrated. But my my biggest complaint is that it is so fluffed up. With a lot of uh, a lot of like extraneous superfluous stuff, there's a lot of plot lines in there that are real like downers and real slogs to get to that's, get through. That's the biggest that, that people critique forget. Of all those, they're all 13 episodes and they're all an hour exactly. Yeah, you know, 
Yeah, and there's, there's you no know, more flexibility. when you think about it, you think about like all the great stuff with Charlie Cox and with Stick and with Vincent oh, D'Onofrio. No, I primarily you... think of Foggy. I primarily think right. Of you Josie. think about Foggy and uh, and Karen Page KP. like having their own little their their secret missions and them like we have to do our <laughs> own investigations. I'm totally, I, I totally that's support half, KP's secret missions. So I want to be clear. Half the runtime of these shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, sure. That's awful. No, it, it, that is a that is definitely a plus of Disney Plus, right? Um, is that they have the flexibility and the the willingness to be like, all right, we don't need to hold to these dumb, strict standards. Uh, yeah. All right, so Hawkeye, I think, you know, I'm I'm obviously, I think, you know, the big thing for me is like, I'm definitely being critical of it. And I'm being critical of it because I didn't love it, obviously. But also like, I want these shows to be more, right? And it's the same thing with comics where it's like, you know, most comics are not super special, right? Most Marvel comics are not incredibly special. They can still be fun. They can still be entertaining. Um, but when I talk about them and I, I sort of think about like the value and the emphasis and the time I'm putting into my life, you know, thinking about them and, and experiencing them, I want them to reach for higher standards of art. You know, I want them to reach for more and Hawkeye doesn't feel to me like a show that's reaching for a heck of a lot. You know, it feels very safe. It feels very, um, it just feels very what you'd expect. Um, in some ways, you know, yeah. I say predictable, but also, like, you know, the Kingpin piece maybe is not predictable, right? A particular storyline. Uh, but the way it all is executed is is very, very predictable. And, and, and I think it's the thing for me that I'm kind of, that I said at the front of this and I'm kind of weighing now is like, you kind of just have to be okay with these shows being and Chuck on NBC, right? Just like, just a regular show <laughs> that is yeah, like sure. that is entertaining and that takes you out of your world and that and then that because they're the MCU they're a part of something big that is that is fun and a kind of an event in culture um, but you have to be okay with that right and I think for me that's a challenge because I'm like WandaVision was reaching for something Loki at times is reaching for something I want these shows to think that they can be prestige TV and try for that even if they fail. Mm -hmm. I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what I need to recognize is just like, I just need to stop expecting or, or hoping for that. It's, it's the same conversation we have with comics. It's the same conversation we have with movies where, you know, all the MCU fans get mad when Martin Scorsese's like this. Yeah, this isn't cinema or whatever. And it's like, but I, I actually don't really care about what that movies because yeah, I'm not atta right. as attached to the medium. You know what I mean? I don't expect that. But, of them. but also at the same time, it's fine for it to not be cinema, right? Like you don't need yeah, to be yeah. fussy that it's not like, it's fine. Like in some of them, some of them do start to, you know, elevate and then like get closer to something a little more artful and a little more thoughtful. But like, if it's also just like a really fun time, that's fine too, right? Like, and Scorsese knows that, like Scorsese, you know, whatever, like it, not to rehash that argument, but like it, it is, there's nothing more embarrassing than someone like getting getting really defensive about like no we're legitimate like my yeah yeah <laughs> getting right. defensive about the largest media enterprise in human history <laughs> right and being like you know but but what I also need is for, to be legitimized as true art right like I mean you get this with video games all the time video games fans do the same thing every they get every fussy single when medium people... every single medium yeah yeah like especially ones that are like growing or. For children, right? It's it, I mean that's actually the through line is mediums that are made for children that adults consume, and then they get defensive because they feel like they need uh, like to be rationalized. That can I can I hit actually... you with my hot my hot MCU criticism that I've been saving yeah. for a while, and I'm too scared Ooh, to tweet. Do it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna just uh, record this and release it as a yeah, just clip. snip it <laughs> as a little, a little. Okay, the MCU is for conservatives who voted for Biden, but only because they couldn't <laughs> right. stand Trump. But they wouldn't have voted for Hillary because they despise her too much. 
That's who the MCU no, is built for. No idea Wait. what that means. <laughs> yeah. No idea what that means. Par- that, parse that, that was maybe a, a roller coaster by itself. Like. I didn't. I didn't write it down. I didn't say it clearly. <laughs> but, no, but it made perfect sense, Dave. We all know what you're you're on about. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. All right, everybody, work that one out. It's a yeah, because I mean, definitely, like, just you know, look at the three people in this this chat. Like, you're definitely you definitely have it figured out. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even. T- I, I I guess I'm guessing. I'm just gonna let it sit. <laughs> yeah, please do, please do. Yeah. Glad I got to get that one out of my system and not publicly on Twitter. Uh, can we talk <laughs> about everybody Spider-Man for too? Uh, we we said we were gonna talk about this episode, and people are actually asking, so we shouldn't just skip over it. If we this is about Spider-Man. She-Hulk again, I'm gonna be upset. Spider-Man <laughs> Two is uh, she is what She-Hulk should have should be like uh oh i was just looking she hulk it's gonna get 10 episodes the most of any mcu show is that right so, yeah yeah, yeah. every do they have a do they have any runtime estimates or anything like that uh no no yeah okay. so maybe it's half hour yeah because uh, i be sure, I, but... I really liked wandavision's half hour format i mean i know yeah. it's i don't know maybe that's just that, that's not that doesn't necessarily say anything about storytelling but like sometimes that is perfect for these shows mm-hmm. and i thought that was a big yeah. part of why wandavision was so appealing was and it like, was longer, like it was a longer show, it was nine episodes, nine. but it mm-hmm. worked yeah. mm. worked better, yeah. And they released them in twos, I think, for the, maybe for the first few. Well, weeks. just for the first two. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Which I think is how they anyway, do most of uh, it. Yeah, let's, let's talk about Spider-Man 2 just for a little bit, because um, we watched it, and uh, and the people are clamoring to hear All right, Zach, so we, we rewatched Spider-Man 2, and I thought it was interesting, in Spider-Man No Way Home, you know, we were kind of doing our Spidey movie rankings, and, and you we'll actually have to did be not... careful to not No Way Home spoil here. Oh yes, you know? thank you. Let's but no, no we, we ranked our Spidey movies, and you did not have Spider Man Two like clearly at the top of yours, which I was surprised by because that seems like the the consensus, you know, cinephile. Pick. Yeah, it is, and and I kind of would have thought that it would be, but rewatching it, I was like, you know, I think I prefer one. I think it's hmm. uh, Raimi Raimi's one, and it's close. Like it's it's incredibly close because Spider Man Two has two of two of maybe like the best superhero like sequences in a superhero movie of all time <laughs> and i can't really say that about spider-man one there's no like one sequence that i think is incredible but so the uh, train and and what the else train. the the fusion the reactor do- or which one the doc no the doc Ock like awakening oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh, scene yeah. with his arms yep. which is not really like a superhero scene but it's just super memorable great, in the in history of superhero incredible movies. editing incredible Oh, yeah, so good. But that train scene is, like, maybe one of the best superhero moments of all time. It had me crying with, like, when, when they were carrying him back. Mm-hmm. It, I was, I was like, I was tearing up a little bit just because of the, like, the, the community, like, coming around Spider-Man and, and them protecting him after after he stood up community for them. Community coming like, around I, anything is, like, is so nice to see. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, like, it really, like, I, that just works so well. And, you know, I love I love the this movie so much uh i mean the, the fact that they let to- toby mcguire look stupid is something i love <laughs> about this like Raimi lets him put on the dumbest faces when he's like straining and struggling like he looks absurd yeah but it like but it does so much to sell the moment in that like struggling because he, he gets the wackiest faces on uh puts the wackiest face on when he's like straining to stop the job but uh yeah spider-man 2 i i think the only thing that holds it back from being above Spider-Man is that it's just not like Spider-Man 1 is just such a perfectly paced film like there's not an ounce of fat on that movie and it just moves and we were both we talked about that how it like how it handles the origins of like Peter Parker and Norman Osborn and does the Uncle Ben thing and he gets his suit and like we're just moving and we're like 45 minutes in into the main plot Mm. past the origins everything's been established and it just like it moves so well two two is not poorly paced by any means but like I think it's a little chubby around the middle. There's like yeah, it has the, a big chunk of like slice of life stuff between MJ and Peter in the middle. That's yeah, that that 
Totally. I mean, that and mostly the Spider-Man No More stuff. Uh, yeah, also. Like, like drags down the movie a little bit. And it's like, I, I kind of like it. Like, I'm not angry at that stuff. But, like, it does slow down the pacing in the main plot. And you almost, like, Doc Ock gets pushed to the side and he becomes ancillary for a little bit. It becomes... Well, um, it's... I mean, I, I actually... I don't know about that. Because it, it really becomes... It's a Peter Parker movie. Um, mm-hmm. More than yeah. it's a Spider-Man movie for a lot of it. Which is what happens when you do Spider-Man No More. Um, mm-hmm. I... There are moments of Spider-Man No More that I love, like when you get um, the the montage of Peter. You know, raindrops are falling on my head, and he gets to be happy. And and, and that one I always come to when I'm thinking about. You know, you talk about the MCU needing more visual flair and directorial style, and like the way like the camera pauses for a second, and Peter's face is blurred. Um, like that image is like just ingrained oh, in my yeah. mind. I mean, that, that's right out of a Scorsese. Yeah, it's the, just, the, just the style thing, of yeah. it. Just the style yeah. of it, where it's like, okay, yeah, do those things. Um, that's iconic. I think uh, Peter well, getting does, to have the conversation with Aunt May. Can I, can I just point out, he does those those smash cuts that he used for like horror effect, right? The like the smash zooms, rather, where he zooms in rapidly on someone's mm-hmm. face to you know express horror, like when they hear Doc Ock's tentacles are like thudding and coming closer. Uh and it will like with with the thumps, it's zooming in rapidly on people's face, and it you know it kind of has horror movie vibes. The way the they, way he, I mean, the way Spider Man Two gets to just be like kind of a a little corny, but also you know not too corny horror movie. Um, like mm-hmm. like the Scream director's budget alone, like the mm-hmm. way they get women <laughs> to just scream, like like the classic As it zooms in on their face, you know, like very rapidly yeah yeah but like there's so point, i mean it happens five to seven times in this movie like it, it's just got such a a style to it and you know it doesn't sell doc ock is scary per se but it does definitely sort of capture the imagination of like how weird it would be to have super villains walking around new york you know mm-hmm. sure I, well i mean one of the things i love though is i mean the balance between comedy and drama is so good and it, it, it like we praised this in the first one. Like he doesn't feel the need to like undercut dramatic moments with jokes, but it also is so funny. The the I'm back, I'm back, my back, my back is great. The <laughs> I mean the the best joke that got such a big laugh out of me is when uh Peter Parker the opening scene is him delivering pizza, you know, and it's like you have this huge worldwide blockbuster of a movie. Let's have a sequel and the opening action scene is gonna be Peter Parker needs to deliver pizza so he doesn't get fired. Yeah. And he, f- he films it as if it's an ex- action scene. He's doing the smash cuts in on the pizza when he, like, has to drop the pizza to save some kids. And he sees, like, somebody is uh, trying to... He does those, like, really fast zooms in on it because there's, like, a horror for, you know, like, the, the pizza is in danger. It's such um, a smart it- way, too, to sell that, like, Peter is impoverished and he struggles with money and also yeah. he's Spider-Man. Like, it's so effective at selling and blending those two worlds, which are literally mm-hmm. integrated in that moment. Yeah, I mean, it really is. It's a super special movie. I quite love it. Um, I don't have it, like, the highest in my Spidey rankings. It's definitely my favorite of the Raimi movies. I, I think one yeah. thing that I actually prefer Spider-Man 2 to the original is, um, which, again, I, I'm with you, Zach, in terms of, like, the economy of storytelling in the first movie is absolutely out of this world. Um, but I, I just love how it characterizes Otto Octavius in this movie. Yeah. Like, we get yeah, Alfred yeah. Molina as Otto well before we get him as Doc Ock. And we get to see his hopes and dreams and what a nice guy he is and his charming relationship with his wife where they're clearly trying to swing with Peter. He just doesn't pick up on the cues. <laughs> um, it's All that is really, really nice. And is then, and then like 18 or something? 
I'm not saying it's appropriate, Charlotte. I'm not saying it's appropriate, but yeah. they are interested. Now he's like 22, something like that. He's in college. I don't know. The point, character so is supposed to... to be young, I think. Yeah, I don't know how much mm. time is supposed to have passed. I mean, he's, God, he's so a senior. You're so obsessed with people's ages before you <laughs> put them in swinger. Do we want to define how old someone should be for a swinger? Or can we move on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we can no, get into it. I think the, the John Byrne fan has uh, stopped uh, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> very fair. Very fair. Oh, that was good. Um, yeah, sorry. We're I like I what I'm what I'm netting out as is I like Alfred Molina's Ock more mm. than I like Defoe's Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, and I think that is why ultimately this movie works better for me. Zach, before we go back to you, mm. Charlotte, you know you don't have the nostalgia for these that we do. Um, no. You are a babe, a babe in the woods. <laughs> uh, what, uh, Dave, she's she's a minor. You can't just call her a babe. <laughs> oh, no. A minor. oh no! Oh no! I swore I would never flirt. Since when am I in my... <laughs> Charlotte, aren't you 17? Oh, my God. <laughs> she was just 17. How funny would that be if, like, literally this, our entire friendship, I was like, yeah, she's a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> what is your take on this movie, Charlotte? Um, why do you think Amazing Spider-Man 2 starring Andrew Garfield is better? You know, that sort of thing. Um, I mean, Amazing Spider-Man 2 has dubstep when Electro uh, sends... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Since lightning, so that's uh -huh. why it's better. Yep. Uh, no, I, I really like this. Um, yeah, I, I don't have the nostalgia for it, so I think I rank it above most of the MCU Spider-Man, but I'd still rather rewatch MCU Spider-Man if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Uh, but like it, objectively, I think it's a better movie. Uh, Doc Ock is more fun than I remembered. I, I don't remember it, remember him being a, a, such a fun villain. Like he has yeah. some some funny lines here and there. Like. When I think he he just drops Aunt May at one point and says, "Oops, butterfingers!" Like he, he has some <laughs> very funny lines yeah. here and there that I didn't remember. Like almost uh, you know an MCU really, style of humor, I think. It's so funny. Uh, the the difference between like the last time I saw this, I was like twenty one or something, and Alfred Molina just looks like oh yeah, it's like just a really old man in that. And now I watch it and I'm just like, oh, pretty sexy guy. Yeah. <laughs> like what? the difference that I'm like, yeah, he's he's uh he's daddy, right? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a dill. He's a dill. I love that he's yeah, not um I love that he doesn't do like a bunch of working out either. You know, like it's perfect for Octavius. It's also just like Hey, remember what he, remember when movies could do that? Like that's kind of nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he oh, snips yeah. out for most of the movie. Like he just yeah. has a coat on. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, the the uh what was I going to say? I lost it. Never mind. Uh, so we're yeah, talking the, about Duck Ox Nips, uh, I think. Oh, yeah, yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> I, so I think here's compared the... to Tobey Maguire's nipples, uh, Dr. Octopus is, uh, really, really like wins out like in my Spider-Man nipple ranking. I would I would, <laughs> I would, put it... Well, I don't know, because now we got to get... Because we see a lot of MJ's nipples as well, and listen, I'm <laughs> That's <be> true. <laughs> this, movie is, this movie as well, it wasn't <laughs> as prominent as one, but Rose, Rose pointed out, like, does she ever wear a bra? Yeah, like, no, like that was... Clearly, something that was asked of uh, of Kirsten Dunst. Not sure how she feels about it. Um, in terms of their relationship, in terms of the Pete and MJ thing, right, which is such a core of this movie. Coming out of one, I'm definitely like having watched Spider Man one more recently. I actually find mm -hmm. I just find Peter so annoying <laughs> in this movie because MJ comes to him and says, "I love you," right, and Peter says, "I can't do it. I'm Spider Man," right. He he puts that line down. But then the entire second movie is him pining after MJ still. And I just find him kind of annoying. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like, dude, you had that. You had that window. And you said no. You knew why. Um, if you're going to go for it again, like, 
like actually have a conversation, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. There's just so many moments of him just staring longingly and not speaking. And I, I find it I, I find it more annoying and less charming than I did in the first movie where it's like, yeah, he's an awkward, scared, shy teenager. Whereas here it's like, dude, she's already told you she literally loves you. You should have some confidence here to have a, a conversation. Um, I, mean, I don't know. That piece of the movie doesn't carry as well for me. I get that. I also feel like they deserve each other because she's ready to get married with someone she knows she doesn't love. Yeah, sure. Like, they're both the worst, I think, when it comes to romantic relationships. I love that, like, this this is such... This feels very much like 2021 brain to me (laughs) because I never heard that before this year everyone's like spider-man 2 i mean the biggest problem is mary jane's such a jerk she leaves that guy at the and altar both it's of like them. both of them it's like... a huge romantic moment where she abandoned like leaves her wedding dress it cuts to like the the glittering slow motion of her running through the park in her wedding dress to like just get to peter parker yeah it's and a i'm huge just moment sad for, of romance. i'm just and sad all you're john thinking jameson, about is john like, jameson like yeah pfft. but what has he done <laughs> that guy forget that guy the fact that spider-man 3 was not john jameson as a werewolf tearing up new york is is astonishing if they had actually had some foresight they could have uh cast a good actor as john jameson and then you know like made him the the venom of three instead of that's fired yeah that actually would have made plenty of sense um, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, definitely watching it the first time. I did, I did not have that reaction. Right, I was just caught up in the romance of it. Because it's a great, it's a great romantic together. moment when she like comes through the door at the end of that movie. It's it works. Really- I would say now it's just so it works well. No, I can't even make now it it's problematic. It works totally well. Yeah, um, it's good and it works. <laughs> I, I think that stuff's good. It, it is just like it's the tension that you often feel in early Spidey stuff where it's like, just tell her, like, just tell yeah, her. Sure. And yeah. that's the point. Well, early like, early Spider-Man movies. <clears throat> just that? early. Early just Spider-Man early comics Spider-Man. is what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I meant, oh, I was, uh, anyway, I can't talk about it too much more. Don't say it. Don't say yeah. another word. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's nothing really that I, I learned or, you know, watching the first one again, I think was more of a, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like kind of, I had more moments of like, Oh, I, I had thought this played out a certain way, and I had forgotten, and I had forgotten how much of the movie doesn't even have the Goblin and this and that. I think Spider-Man Two, I definitely remember better. I remember it more clearly. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have any major surprises, you know, necessarily. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was, yeah, just like Raimi's direction and the horror cuts and stuff like that. I was like, oh yeah, this movie is so loaded with that. I had maybe overlooked some of that stuff, but otherwise, you know, it's it's good and it's still not my favorite. Uh, just because uh, other stuff has come out since that does... Mm. It just gets to play in the Spider-Man style in the Marvel Universe more sincerely and effectively than this movie ever could have. But for what it is, and what it is is a Spider-Man and Doc Ock story, it's great. Totally. I, I really hope he gets the Doctor Strange... Like, gets some leeway in Doctor Strange yeah. to bring some of his flair. That trailer It'll be such a disappointment. Nuts, uh, you two... Nuts. It's really funny. You two are, like, the only two that are down on that trailer. Like, oh, really? I'm into it, and then, like... I'm seeing overwhelming excitement for that trailer. People are like, it looks cool. Like, visually, it looks nice. Huh. It's colorful. Like, the actual plotting. Like, you two are the only ones I know of who are kind of down on it. I'm excited for it. Uh, it looks interesting to me. I didn't, my problem wasn't the visuals. I, I don't I don't ever watch a trailer and <laughs> you're come just, away. You're just like, every, <laughs> we've already had the what if of it. <laughs> it's so funny to me. That's such a strange... Uh, anyway, we don't, we don't... No, I want to relitigate it because you brought it up and you're putting <laughs> okay. words in my mouth. No, yeah, Boy, please, we're going to talk about it now. Okay. Um. For, okay, number one, I'm baffled by constantly people that watch trailers and they're like, oh, I don't like the CGI. It's like, who cares? It's a trailer. Like, let the movie uh-huh. come out. And so that's that's a super weird take to me. Two, the story that it is suggesting is very boring. 
It is very played out. Whether it's what if or anything, that is played out. But now it's just a trailer. But so played kind out of like same for analysis. you as a comic re- I, I don't know. It as anyone to me. As, as any yeah, any kind of story where it's just like oh dark mirror version. Like come on, we've seen so that, that. That's kind of what case this already was in the first Doctor Strange movie. Like not yeah. as literally, but that was already Doctor Strange versus Evil Sorcerer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just, I if, that, if that a big take of Multiverse of Madness is like Evil Strange and Evil Wanda, I'm going to be disappointed. All right. I'm definitely going to be disappointed in that as a focal point of the story. Um, but again, it's a trailer, so I'm willing to just say, okay, I didn't like that, but I'm, I'm going to put some confidence that they have plenty of tricks up their sleeve because they always do. Uh, as far as Sam Raimi getting to do things that he wants to do, uh, I kind of doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not going to feel like yeah. these Spider-Man movies. You know, it's just not. No. I'd be really surprised. I know, it's such, I mean, it's such a disappointment. I'm hoping for, like, at least one big scene, like like the Doc Ock um, hospital scene. Like, I'm hoping he'll get to shine in a few horror scenes here and there, maybe. Yeah. yeah I, I bet he'll get now. to do a few that are, like, referential and make you feel like, oh, it's just like Spider-Man. Like, they will do that for the reference yeah. points because they love reference points now. Um but it, as a holistic film, I no, no way. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I wasn't surprised. Oh, uh, one one more all time great joke in the Spider Man Two movie is right at the beginning when Peter Parker's running late to deliver his pizzas and he runs into an alley with a bunch of pizzas and then changes outfits and webs out and a man goes, "He just stole that guy's pizza." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's so funny and like and continually. Oh, I mean, watching this actually made me frustrated. With the MCU Spider-Man movies and how much New York is not a presence in them, right? Like, New York is so, so sidelined in all the uh Probably the tries MCU to be movies. in Homecoming a little bit, you know, when he's actually doing the friendly neighborhood thing. But, um, like, but but it's definitely, like, here's the montage where he does it. Here, it's just, like... Well, it's Spider-Man also literally 2, the streets of Atlanta, so, it's, you know, it's, like... <laughs> right, exactly. So, like, in here, you're just, like, here's the, t- like, the texture of these buildings is so apparent. The people are constantly there. He's always, like, seeing buskers around, people talking about Spider-Man, JJJ, mm-hmm. you know, in the public opinion of him is, like, a constant thing. So, like... So, so that... Actually, that reminds me... So, there are actually two things that rewatching this made me sort of did remind me of it or solidified in my mind. One is mm-hmm. just J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson. Already knew I loved it. Rewatching mm-hmm. it again, I loved it even more. And then Incredible. obviously we talked about this and I won't spoil it, but in contrast to what we've seen from him recently, I was like, yeah, this is this is the J. Jonah Jameson. It mm-hmm. is so good. It is mm-hmm. so funny. Yeah. Every interaction is just electric. Um, the other performance that I actually really love, this is definitely my favorite Aunt May by several miles. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Rosemary yeah. Harris rules as so Aunt May. Good. The moment in particular where Peter tells her that, uh, you know, it's his fault, or he thinks it's his fault that Ben died, and tells her the Spider-Man story without the Spider-Man bits, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And she just walks away, <laughs> yeah. and and she just leaves and has to take a moment, and, like, that's the end of the scene. It's really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and I'm like, oh, my gosh, May, what are you doing? You know, it's one of those moments where it's like, wow, that is brutal. Uh, but then when they reconvene, like, she's like, I thought about it, I moved on, I love you, Peter. And it's really emotional, it's really well done. Their relationship captures the May and Peter of the comics better than anything has totally. before since. Yeah. Totally. It, well, it, because it like, it, it does the good job of the best comics, which is like actually makes you care about Peter Parker, like damaging Aunt May by being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I think a lot of times it can just be like, you get frustrated because the comics can sometimes like overwrite her to be like, she's just so finicky and fragile that you're just like uh, exasperated with her <laughs> for always having heart attacks. And like, yeah, right. <laughs> constantly be you know like oh, i can't tell her that uh, i got a new job she'll have a heart attack right like whatever he's 
they have to keep everything quiet. But well, it's this like is... they have a room in the hospital reserved for her, you know, like, it's <laughs> right. not so often. Exactly. Yeah, she she's excellent in this, and uh, yeah, yeah, both both movies, and uh, I don't know. So we're we're gonna watch the third one, right? We'll, we'll fit that in sometime in the next oh couple months. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm excited. You know, pe- people are like down on it, but usually the the tenor is like it's not that it's bad. not as it's not it's as good not as the first bad. two, but like it it's still a good movie. Um, I mean, I'm definitely that's, that's generally I, I, like I, I said last time. I'd say I'm it's the a most good curious. I say there's a good movie in there. I mean, we'll see when we when we watch it. Yeah, 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 I believe but there's it's... a little good movie inside of all of us. <laughs> know what that means? Is so that a reference? Harris quote. Ah, call yourself a fan. Call I didn't. I didn't get it. A fan. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Uh, that, oh, that was a good impression. That was really good. <laughs> that yeah, was incredible. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Actually, you know what's really funny about that scene is it's an insane thing to say. Like, if he was not Spider-Man, what, that's an insane <laughs> thing to say to like your grandson, <laughs> right? Like, and it only works with the meta knowledge that he. There's no Spider-Man. way she doesn't know. Right. Yeah. You watch that and you're just like, oh well, she knows. Yeah. Clearly. yeah I mean, she right. doesn't, but <laughs> really not. Um, okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank so you, Hawkeye, uh, maybe watch. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Hawkeye. Uh, two point four magnetic arrows out of five. Charlotte, I'm gonna give it. F- oh, Charlotte. Um, Hawkeye gets um five spider legs out of eight, and Spider-Man Two gets um five trick arrows out of uh of uh, of six. Five out of six. Ooh, I'm gonna give <laughs> Hawkeye three and a half uh cat gut strings. Ooh. What? Yeah. Cat gut. It's what you string a bow and arrow with, Charlotte, with your okay. cat's guts. She says, "Look so. it up. It's real." <laughs> I won't. Man. Yeah, the, the bow and arrow making process that they skipped in that uh, in Hawkeye was the <laughs> Where gutting they, they of cats. They set pizza That's... dog. They set yeah. pizza dog loose on some alley cats and slaughter a bunch of alley those cats. poor that, poor. That's felines. if uh, Hawkeye had come out during the Netflix MCU era. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Right, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. thanks. Well, thanks hang on. I didn't read Spider Man too. Oh, oh, please. Yeah, yeah. No, I would give Spider-Man 2 um, five full quivers out of 5.2. Like okay. like bodily quivers? Uh, yeah, like little shakes. Shake, little shakes, shakes of excitement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Real, <laughs> me, real excited to see this me movie. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yes. All right, so this is new uh, for us. Yeah. That was yeah, Hawkeye. That was amazing. Or that was Spider-Man 2. I keep wanting to call it amazing now. You know, actually, here's a question that we didn't talk that about in the way home. recording was... Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I just, I just want to ask real quick, Just, I guess just yes or no's. Do you want to see... Well, that's kind of a no way home spoiler. Never mind. I'll ask it off air. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is my marvelous year. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, before before we end things, uh, I've also been reading a lot of Alan Moore, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Do we I'm going to hang up before for we, like 15 minutes. Before we finish the recording. <laughs> Only if I can talk about uh, Percy Jackson for half an hour. I cannot believe... You opened with that She-Hulk bit and didn't connect it to Hawkeye. I, 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 I never established it was going to be a tra- it wasn't going to be a transition into that. I just wanted a space to talk about that. I've never been this stunned on a show before. <laughs> I, you that was your expectations walking. I suppose it. so. I suppose so. Yeah. Often that never have expectations and you'll never be disappointed. Right? That's what they say. Mm-hmm. All right. So thanks everybody for listening. Um, I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at Comic Book Herald. You can find Zach online at My Marvelous Year. You can find Charlotte at Fiero Charlotte on Twitter. Uh, support the show patreon.com slash my marvel this year also you can rate and review on itunes and now spotify you can give us a star rating on spotify that'll help us a lot uh this show is for the moment sponsored by manscaped uh, you can go to manscaped.com get a 20 percent off code using code my at checkout that would be helpful as well and music for the show is by disaster piece 
Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, we'll see you next year. See you next year. See you next year.